Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I'm not sure this story got nearly enough attention uh, because it's coming out now, drip, 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 with all the Chinese um, interference. Like, it just so much of it comes out. It's hard to follow. And certainly we got more revelations on Friday from the Globe and Mail. So you just got to keep checking, keep checking. And uh, CSIS has now contacted more MPs to brief them on political interference. So NDP's Jenny Kwan, who has been an outspoken critic of China, uh, has been briefed as has Aaron O'Toole. And O'Toole pushed for a foreign agency uh, agent registry and banning Huawei. That was a big part of his campaigning. He he reported interference to the campaign, this uh, special table they put together in 2021 that he felt several ridings were under attack. He believes his party lost up to nine seats and um, it was ignored. Remember, the prime minister called it. It was just a little bit of interference, like, like as if nine seats is OK, as if one seat being turned is OK. Nonetheless, uh, we also learn that the Globe reports Global Affairs had actually been given a very, very thick report of surveillance in 2020 showing Zhao Wei uh, tracking political opponents meeting with several staffers of liberal MPs and telling them not to go to pro-Taiwan events. One of those staffers uh, is also connected to Mary Ng. And um, the guy was just kicked out Saturday. Why did it take so long? And then over the weekend, we learned from Marco Mendocino, Marco Mendocino, who actually testified at a committee that the police stations, including the three here in Toronto, gone, done, shut down. He, he testified that. And now he's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 they're not quite closed yet. Not even not closed. There's more of them. But he's seized with it, right? And then we learn that uh, mayoral candidate Olivia Chow has won uh, the endorsement of a group described as a close friend of the communist regime. So there are a whole bunch of different angles that just keeps getting thrown at us. What does it all mean? Chuck Kwan is past chair of the Toronto Association for Democracy in China, certainly has been very vocal in all of this and watching it unfold closely. He joins us now. Thanks so much, Chuck. Good morning, Alex. All right, let me pick apart this story kind of. Let, let me start with the allegations or not even like the suggestions with uh, Olivia Chow. Um, and, and, and Olivia Chow's known she's gone to uh, events supporting Hong Kong. Um, you know, I don't know her and I don't think people know her for, for being any uh, supportive of, of communism or any of that. However, she has been given this endorsement by the Council of Newcomer Organization, which is apparently very, very cozy with the Chinese regime. And, and, mm-hmm. and so what's the concern here? Is this like a, a guilt by association? Is there an involvement? I mean, we've seen that, the, that these groups will infiltrate anybody, whether it's the mayor of B.C., uh, a politician. How do you see this? Well, uh, Olivia uh, has been sort of uh, coming to our uh, event, the Tiananmen Square Massacre, mm-hmm. as well as defending Hong Kong freedom for many, many years now. Uh, So it is puzzling to me, why would this group even bother endorsing her? Um, The uh, only explanation I could think about is that uh, these Chinese proxy organizations like to endorse winnable candidates. They're hoping that once uh, Olivia becomes mayor, that they could exert influence on her. Mm. 
But knowing her, uh, I've been I I just have come, I just say a case in point. Uh, I've I've been friends with Olivia for many many years. Mm-hmm. I've come to my events and all this stuff. And I knowing her, I I doubt that she would be much influenced by them. However, right. Uh, you know, they they were still trying because they know that uh, certainly that's one of the uh, uh, front runner, and uh, they are not above trying to endorse somebody who might be in the past a critic of China, but now they might want to just try to convert her right. <laughs> into their side. So that's kind of uh, the game that China is playing right now. You know, no matter whether you are, uh, uh, if you were, if, if you have been critical of China and you're not a uh, uh, winnable candidate or useful to them, they will just try to get rid of you. Right. And, and we also know that they um, they will infiltrate whomever, whatever the opportunity exactly. presents, they will use it. And maybe if they endorse Olivia Chow, maybe people will then flock to her, but even she might not be. We know that there have been candidates who haven't even been aware of this. So should Olivia Chow then denounce this and, and separate herself from this? Is there is there not that need? I think, I think she's uh, already denounced it in, uh, through a spokesperson uh, at the uh, uh, most recent National Post article. Uh, I'm sure she's going to come forward uh, in the recent coming days. Because mm. I think there's also, you know, it's a two-way short, right? Mm. I mean, uh, by endorsing her, they could, say, mobilize the, uh, uh, the Chinese-Canadian votes, which uh, they have exerted a lot of influence on in, in the GTA. However, you're, well, you're quite right. They might be trying to take her down uh, by endorsing her and showing their face and say, well, we are a very pro-China organization. So they are hoping that other people might take her down mm-hmm. instead of them. So it's something that I, I, I cannot even um, tell you which side's which. Right, right, right. However, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's a very dangerous thing that uh, whatever China, the Chinese government is trying to do uh, is a very dangerous game. They're, they're meddling in Canadian elections. Well, I think they're meddling in almost everything at this point. I don't think they, um, you know, the game is so big and they've been doing it so long uh, that we don't know really where this cancer uh, ends. And so, you know, I think the concern many would have is, you know, if we've got these police stations in the greater Toronto area, we know that they're in Quebec, we know they're in BC. It's hard to think that there are not, um, you know, places in Chinatown where, and I've been told by people that there are concerns that there are these things operating in Chinatown. They just don't get detected. I very, very much... uh Right, like very likely. Uh, I don't want to say categorically that's happening, uh, but I I think we have enough in our on our hands. We have enough police stations identified. So I'm puzzled as to why uh, Minister Medicino will be saying, "Well, maybe they're not quite close." Well, you know what? Uh, we definitely need a foreign agent registry law. We need other measures as tough as the Australians and the Americans have passed. Look at what happened last week. A Boston man was charged with uh, not being registered as a foreign agent for China. He had been videoing video uh, protesters and sending the video to the Chinese council in Boston. And we have seen this everywhere we go in Toronto, in Vancouver, in Calgary. Chinese council people or proxies of Chinese uh, regime would video us and then send the video, send our face up to the uh, uh, database in China. Mm. So, you know, we need to have some laws that would stop this kind of thing. And uh, we don't have tough enough laws right now, uh, unlike our allies. And that's why I think we are in a very dangerous situation. Our allies no longer trust us. Yeah. 
to to have to enforce or to counter these Chinese uh, China interference. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, uh, since we found out about this, and I think most, uh, like yourself, knew about this for a long time, certainly those in the Chinese community have known about this for a long time, but this has been since November, and the, the, the pace that we are moving at is glacial. You know, by the time we get any kind of inquiry, it'll still be months from now. We'd probably have an election before then, and, you know, we're having a mayoral election in Toronto, despite the fact we know in yes. BC that was interfered yes. with. All these things are going on, and we have a government that is not acting very... Uh, urgent. Uh, do, do you get the sense that the, is there something that they are holding up or be, being slow? Australia's prime minister was pretty vocal, saying you've got to act fast, you've got to be right. bold, and you've got to absolutely show as much light on this as you can. And we seem to be doing the opposite. I'm afraid that this seems to be partisan politics. Uh, you know, and and, uh, and I don't know what what Canada is scared of. I mean. You know, I think Canadians are ready to move. I think it's the the government of the day that's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, it's quite true. I mean, Chinese Canadians are asking for it. Has been asking for it. I mean, the whole Michael Chong uh, thing and Jenny Kwan thing. No, that's very high level, and I I doubt it that their their harassment of their family members, if there there has been, uh, are any stronger than what ordinary folks like me and other people who are critics of China uh, are suffering. Yeah. I got, we have death threats. We have uh, death threats directly to the person involved. We have death threats to the family. We have uh, mouth threats to the family in Hong Kong. So all kinds of things uh, is happening to us. And in 2017, we together with Amnesty International issue a intimidation and harassment report, in which we documented at least 30 to 40 cases of this kind of harassment. We submitted to the RCMP, Nothing was done. Uh, nobody talked about it. And it was only recently in 2020 uh, when we reissued the report that somebody in the media has commented on it. Yeah. So, so parking a car in front of a police station, parking an RCMP car in front of a police station, trying to scare them off, <laughs> is, is ridiculous. Right. It's ridiculous, as, but everything else. I mean, we're so far behind, whether it's stopping the money laundering or the organized crime or, or, or. Uh, just, Chuck, before I, I let you go, um, ha- have you noticed an escalation in, um, in threats and or calls or harassment since all this stuff broke? I think uh, it has lessened. Okay. Uh, the, the, the reason is, and this is the, my line all along, a national foreign agent uh, registry may not be the solution to every problem that we are facing. However, it can be a deterrent. Yeah. When, when, when a potential Chinese agent or Chinese proxy trying to do something, they will look closely now if we had enacted the foreign agent registry sure. because you know there are grounds for arrest if you don't report yourself as a foreign agent. Uh, just like the, the man in Boston had, had, had been arrested by FBI. So you know, I think we should take, take note of that uh, I think we should move forward boldly and not be tiptoeing around this whole thing, trying to still trying to peace China, right. still trying to please China. Yeah, it doesn't work. Nonetheless, we'll continue talking. Chuck, very much appreciate your time on this. Thank you. You're welcome. That's uh, Chuck Kwan joining us. So there you go. We'll see what else happens in that uh, in that particular story with uh, Ms. Chow. And I, I don't know her to be uh, flirting with that kind of stuff. And so we'll see what she has to say on that.